There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Wednesday, February 14th. I'm Chris Hurdy. Today, we'll hear about five courageous and creative Black women building empowering spaces in New York City. But first, the headlines. The White House's 2019 budget proposal has revealed a plan to slash spending on food stamps and introduce what they're calling America's Harvest Box, which would be a monthly supply of non-perishable food. The Department of Agriculture has estimated the boxes could cut government welfare spending by $129 billion over the next decade. Other proposed measures include ending the extension of Medicaid benefits and expanding work requirements for welfare recipients. Attorney General Jeff Sessions was criticized for his remarks at the National Sheriff's Association conference on Monday, where he said the office of sheriff was, quote, a critical part of the Anglo-American heritage of law enforcement. Marinate on that for a second. Brian Schatz, the Democratic senator from Hawaii, called the comment a dog whistle, and the NAACP said it was racially tinged. And Haiti's president has blasted the British aid charity Oxfam for allowing a, quote, extremely serious violation of human dignity, following revelations that senior staff held orgies with prostitutes while delivering aid after the 2010 earthquake. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. Culture writer Amira Mercer profiled five powerful Black women, each having a profound impact on their respective communities. They're advocating for workers' rights, increasing access to funding for important cultural programs, and championing underrepresented voices in the arts, all as crucial acts of survival. They are courageously creating space for other women and people of color across industries, including media, the arts, science, technology, and even exotic dancing. Here's Vices and Keita Rao speaking with Amira on her story. Tell me a little bit about the five women you highlighted here. How are they chosen? We've seen Black women become really visible lately in Hollywood and politics. Those are the sexier areas in American life where you're starting to see change. But there are Black women who are doing work in other industries, really across every fabric of American life. So... Um, These five women, they work in media, they work in science, they work in art, even exotic dancing. So it's just kind of showing the work that black women are doing behind the scenes in other industries that aren't so visible. What are some of the spaces that these women are providing in New York City and how has that changed sort of the landscape here? Okay, so you have someone like Christina Long who has this zine that's about black women and who are interested in metal music, and it's called Black Girls World. And we kind of talked about this post-Afropunk scene where Afropunk used to be this community for black metalheads in New York, and it's evolved into this 
huge festival that caters to R&B and neo-soul fans. And so now there's a group of musicians and zine makers like herself who are kind of creating this underground black punk scene in New York that's really just about inclusion and access. You also have someone like Mona Marie who has the pole dancing studio in the Bronx called Poetic Justice. And her studio has become kind of the headquarters for the New York stripper strike that's going on right now. And that strike is mostly exotic dancers of color who are protesting unfair treatment, discrimination in their workplace. So she's kind of created a space where women can actually come together and empower each other in an industry that's typically, I would say, kind of disenfranchised in terms of workers' rights. So they're rolling up their sleeves and seeing spaces where black people across different interests things that you wouldn't think of, like metal music, can come together and kind of build that community. I think that's really important. One of the women you profiled here is at this amazing intersection of science and tech and race and feminism. Tell me a little bit about Ashley Backus-Clark and what did she create? So she is a speculative neuroscientist, and I had to ask her what that is. And it's about studying how our minds and culture are adapting to technology and futurism and kind of combining neuroscience with mythology. And she also has a background in marketing. She used to work at Warby Parker. She would do experiential marketing. So she took all of these things and started this art technology collective called Hyphen Labs with two other women of color. One of their partners is from Turkey, is a woman from Turkey, and another one is a Latinx woman from San Francisco. So what Ashley does is she applies her research to creating art installations using emerging technologies like virtual reality, and their whole goal is to kind of help people acknowledge their prejudice and their privilege and hopefully help them to overcome those biases. So their most recent project is this virtual reality installation called Neurospeculative Afrofeminism. And it puts the user literally in the avatar of a black woman who's in the hair salon. So Ashley talked to me about how if you embody someone in an avatar that's of a different race or a different gender and they see that they have full agency and control of someone who doesn't look like them, kind of places a veil over their identity and they're able to be mindful of that person's experience and it could help them overcome whatever prejudices or bias that they might have towards that type of person. Everything you describe is like so amazing and so cutting edge and kind of on the public consciousness. Why do you think we haven't heard of these women and their work as much as we should have? Well, that makes me think of this quote that I recently heard. When America gets a cold, the black community gets the flu and black women get pneumonia. I think black women have just been relegated to kind of the bottom rung of American society for so long. And, you know, I hate to go on the soapbox, but there are so many structural inequalities that have worked against black women. I mean, slavery was literally built on the backs of black women in terms of, you know, black women were sold to different plantations so that they could produce more offspring. So then, like, you come to a period in Jim Crow where black women were constantly working. And that was an interesting time because 
I talked about this in the intro to the piece, but um, that was around the same time where feminism for uh, middle class and upper class white women emerged. And it was around this whole idea of getting into the workplace and out of the home. But black women have been working since the inception of this country. So there really is some black girl magic and some intuition that we've tapped into to account for the fact that we're still here. And I think now, finally, you have things like technology, social media that are providing access and visibility for us. I think black women are one of the most voracious users of social media. Like we we really get on there and if there's something that we don't like, we talk about it. I think social media is helping to move the needle and black women are just becoming more visible. I don't know. I think it's kind of just like it's starting to be our time finally after so many years. But, you know, black women have always been doing hard work behind the scenes. So it's not just out of nowhere. It's just finally there's some magic happening. (laughs) And I think that plays out not just into, obviously, the media, but also education, where more black women than most demographics are being educated, and there's lots more entrepreneurship. How do you see this changing sort of the culture that we're in right now when it comes to what jobs we're going to see and what kind of spaces we're going to all be in soon? Right. Yeah, that is a really good point. So black women are one of the fastest growing groups of entrepreneurs in America. But despite that, black women entrepreneurs are one of the most underfunded groups in America. The average funding that black women have received is $38,000 compared to an average of $1.3 million for companies that are led by white males. So there's a lot of innovation that's being left off the table. But We're seeing this kind of bootstrapping and just hustle from black women. And like you said, it does impact the type of jobs that we're seeing. When I was talking to Cheryl Dorsey, she's a data journalist, and she started the tech newsletter, The Plug, which covers innovators and inventors and investors of color. She talked about how she sees black women using their businesses to solve really acute problems that other groups are not, um, that they don't have their pulse on in the community. And she also talked about how there was a data gap, and that might be one reason that prevents these black women entrepreneurs from getting funding from like venture capitals, which are mostly white men, and how she plans to bridge that data gap so that people can understand the types of problems that black women are solving. A lot of what black women are doing is community-based, not because we have some kind of moral high ground. I think it's just kind of the idea of if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it ourselves. And just me helping myself is not going to do enough to bring a group of people, specifically black men and black women, out of such a disadvantaged place after 400 plus years of oppression. So I really do think that a lot of the solutions that we bring are helping to kind of close that gap. You primarily cover culture and art. What was it like talking to the fifth woman on this list who we haven't mentioned yet, Joanna Bellarado Samuels? Joanna is actually a director and a curator at Jack Shaman Gallery. So she works with a wide variety of artists. It was really cool talking to her just because she had 
all of these ideas that she wanted to express in different artists that she wanted to work with still that she couldn't at her traditional workplace. So she opened We Buy Gold in Bedside, which is where she lived. And it was open last summer, and it was just a temporary pop-up where she got to kind of experiment with all the different artists that she wanted to work with that she couldn't in her more traditional space. I was talking to her about how We Buy Gold picked up this narrative in the media of being a black artist space, and she wanted to make sure that I understood, so that Vice understood, so that all of Vice's readers understood that We Buy Gold was never intentioned to be a black artist space. It was just a reflection of her world. You know, it was interesting talking about the conversation that we're having about race in the media and how we need to have a more nuanced conversation, how it can be so limiting to say, this space was created for black artists. And she was like, well, no, it just so happens that all the artists that I wanted to work with were people of color, not necessarily all black, they were people of color. But that didn't mean that I was excluding white artists. It's just a reflection of my reality, just like other galleries are a reflection of their reality, and it might include all white artists. So I enjoyed talking to Joanna because it gave me a whole new perspective on kind of how people view and interact with art. What was it like for you to focus on these women, especially in the context of Black History Month? I was really proud because actually when I first started writing as a freelance writer, not for Vice, but um, my editors would always send me stories that focused on black people, even if it was related to an industry that I had no interest in. And I, at first I was just like, I don't want to be the black writer girl who's always just talking about black people. And I tried to distance myself from that and just focus on general stories or other trend stories that weren't race-based in fashion art, but I found myself naturally gravitated towards stories about creatives of color in those spaces. So for me right now, especially my evolution as a writer, I love kind of championing these stories about black women right now. I think that's such a cool focus in Black History Month. So yeah, I mean, it was really an honor to write all of these pieces and talk to these different women and learn some new things that even I didn't know about. Actually, one one misperception that I hope these pieces address is that we really are not a monolith. And I know we talk about, you know, black women saved us in Alabama and black women told y'all about Trump. But we really do all think differently and we do different things. Some of us are into metal music. Some of us are data journalists, some of us are neuroscientists, some of us are into fashion and some of us aren't. So it's just like we are individuals, but like I said, it's just some of the root causes that we fight for are the same just because they're human issues. To read Amira Mercer's full article, go to vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.